So today, in keeping with our um, reflection on the Psalms, I'm going to reflect a little bit on Psalm 36. And I think this is going to become one of your favorite Psalms. It's a beautiful Psalm and truly a masterpiece of Hebrew poetry. It's, it's so well uh, organized and, and put together. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful Psalm. Now in this Psalm, Psalm 36, the character of the wicked is compared to the character of God. Now do you probably remember from Psalm 1, how the character of the wicked and the character of the righteous man are placed against each other. But this is a little different. Here, the wicked man is compared to God himself. And so we see as we go through this psalm, it, very, it opens up with a description of the wicked. The first five verses describe the wicked man and what he does. And then the next five verses describe God himself, the very character of God. And then the last couple of verses are prayer, a prayer that God will deliver those who seek him from those who do evil. Now, this psalm, again, is a psalm of David. It's, it's, it's said it's for the leader, for usually for the song leader, it's considered, for those who would lead the Levites in worship and identifies David as the servant of the Lord. And it opens up by saying, Sin directs the heart of the wicked man. His eyes are closed to the fear of God. Now where it says sin here is actually the Hebrew word na'um b'shah, which means actually literally the oracle of sin. That's why it's translated sin. Uh, in this place, sin directs the heart. Or another translation, sin speaks to the heart. And again, we talk about this issue of falsehood, how the lie is, in, is itself evil. The lie is that which enslaves us into evil. If we believe the lie of the accuser, we become enslaved to him because we have believed his lie. He can lead us wherever he wants us to if we're believing his lie. And this oracle of sin, this, this lie of the evil and this lie of the accuser, it speaks into the heart of the wicked who has closed his eyes to the fear of God. In other words, when we hear this, this lie of the, of the accuser, a lot of times we are drawn to it by, by our own pride, sometimes by our desire to justify ourselves. Sometimes we're led to it because it just sounds good and enticing. Well, you ever heard a secret? I've got a secret to tell you. And there's that, Interest in being enticed by knowing something that other people don't know. That secret is so enticing. And that can actually be an entrapment. And the oracle of sin speaks to the heart of those who do not fear God, who have not placed God's desires and God's instruction above all else in life. The psalmist goes on to say, for he lives with the delusion his guilt will not, the illusion that his guilt will not be known and hated. Empty and false are the words of his mouth. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. On his bed he hatches plots. He sets out on a wicked way. He does not reject evil. Right off the bat we see that sin, the words of sin are a delusion. They are a lie. In fact, 
the Hebrew, another way of translating that is self-deception. People deceive themselves into believing a lie that makes them feel good. And another way that that can be translated is self-delusion is, is, is believing your eyes. Boy, have we ever heard people say seeing is believing. That they only want to see, that they only want to believe that which they can see, that which they can control, that which they can say, I have seen this, therefore I know it. And rather than submit to the knowledge of God, that's exactly where evil goes. And then it says, they say he sets out on a wicked path. He does not reject evil. Again, the Hebrew can be translated, he does not reject foolishness. He has abandoned wisdom. And given himself to foolishness. What did we read in Jeremiah? One of the things that God uh, says to the people. Why are you doing this? You're destroying yourselves. He said you build cisterns that leak. You build cisterns that don't hold water. Why are you laboring? Why are you spending your time. Building up for yourself something that's not going to serve you. Rather it just it just leaks away. And, and again isn't that true of those of. All, everyone who who seeks to, to accelerate in this world, to be successful in this world's goods and in this world's fame and fortune, it all goes away. It all goes away. Why do you build cisterns that do not hold water, the Lord says? Why do you seek and pursue foolishness? Pursue that which lasts forever. Pursue that which will give you eternal life and not destruction. And now the psalmist shifts from describing the wicked to describing the character of God himself. And there's a key word here we're going to talk about. And the psalmist says, Lord, your mercy reaches to the heavens, your fidelity to the, to the clouds, your justice is like the highest mountains, your judgments like the mighty deep. Human being and beast you sustain, Lord. You notice how in this passage, these two verses, he begins by calling upon God, Lord. And he ends the same way, by calling on God, Lord. And he praises, first of all, his mercy. And the Hebrew word there is chesed. And we will come across that word again and again in the psalm. That word is a word that we don't really have an English equivalent to. And so sometimes you see, you'll see it translated mercy as it is here. Sometimes love, sometimes kindness, sometimes loving kindness, sometimes graciousness. What does chesed mean? What chesed means really is that the will of God is poured out for us. That he has poured all of his goodness towards us. All of his goodness in love and in mercy and in kindness and in graciousness. He has given himself to us. Chesed. The, the closest thing we have in the New Testament in the Greek is the word agape. God's love, which is most closely reflected in parental love. That love that is unconditional, regardless what one of our childs does. To us, we still love them. We have parental love towards them that never falters, that never fails. And that is exactly what we, we what the psalmist ascribes to God, chesed. 
that his love, his kindness, his mercy, his goodness, his graciousness are all given to us. And in fact, we see that we're also realized in the New Testament in the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you see the fruit of the Spirit, love, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, this is chesed. The Holy Spirit is chesed or love itself. And that's why when St. John writes, God is love, probably more closely would reflect God is chesed. God is the gift of himself to us in love, gentleness, kindness, goodness, forgiveness, mercy, graciousness, all those things. So the psalmist begins with the praise of chesed, and then he goes on to praise the other attributes of God, faithfulness, or in this translation, fidelity, justice, the desire to do what is right to all, and judgment. The mercy of God is defined by all these things. The character of God is lifted up as opposed to the character of the wicked that listens to sin, that believes in lies and delusions. Here is God in perfectness and purity. And the psalmist goes on again to praise the chesed of God. How precious is your mercy, O God. Again, that is chesed. The children of Adam take refuge in the shadow of your wings. We talked about that just yesterday. And how Jesus looked at Jerusalem and said, how I would gather you around me as a hen gathers her chicks to protect her chicks with her wings. They feast on rich food in your house, the psalmist says. From your delightful stream, you give them drink. This is fulfilled in the heavenly banquet, of course. But it is foreshadowed in the Eucharist. That in the Eucharist, we participate in the heavenly banquet now in this life. As we receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, we participate in that heavenly banquet where we receive rich foods, rich food from the house of God and delightful drink from his stream of living waters. And the psalmist continues, For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. You know, if you were an FBI agent and you were learning how to identify counterfeit money, you wouldn't spend any time at all looking at counterfeit money. You would spend all of your time studying real money so that when the counterfeit shows up, you could see the, dis the, the difference. Oh, no, this isn't, this isn't real. I know what real money is, and this isn't real. And so the psalmist says, in the light of God, we see light itself. That as we spend our time focusing on God, we begin to know the truth by knowing God. If we're trying to figure it out by ourselves, well, this may be truth, this may be a lie, then we get so confused. But if we just focus on God and his light see light, then we know the truth. And by knowing the truth, we can identify the falsehood. So the psalmist calls us to meditate upon God himself. In your light, we see light. And nowhere else. Show mercy, again, chesed, on those who know you. Your just defense to the upright of heart. And then the psalmist concludes this beautiful, beautiful poem with a prayer. 
that God would deliver us from the deception, from the evil, from the emptiness, from the cisterns that, that hold no water, the pursuit of that which does not satisfy. Do not let the foot of the proud overtake me, nor the hand of the wicked disturb me. There make the evildoers fall, thrust them down, unable to rise. Let us go to God now in prayer.